Welcome to Archie Digest. It's a Riverdale podcast. This is a podcast. It's about a story that's about a town. And this week, it's kind of about two sides of that town and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, we're talking about Chapter 23, The Blackboard Jungle. Uh, I'm Chris Hayner. I'm Craig Byrne. I'm Russ Burlingame, and this is my favorite episode in a while, I think. Like, I think I agree. It... It's one of those weird things, even where, even in the episodes where we've had some really great moments in the second season, it hasn't stayed kind of throughout a whole episode at the level that I think a lot of season one was very often. And this episode really kind of got there and then just stayed there for me. Uh, For me, this season, I'm enjoying it as much or more than last season, but only as a whole. None of the individ, not like the episodes for me individually, don't seem to stand up as well as right. season one. I also don't think the Black Hood mystery connect- connected anywhere near as well as the Jason Blossom murder. Uh, but no. this season or this episode specifically was such a huge jump forward. I'm glad this is the one they sort of come back from break and really knock into. Yeah. There still were a few things that kind of had me scratching my head a bit, like the whole FBI guy thing. Seems a little random. Oh, I have thoughts on that. Oh, so, Jesus. Uh, uh, I I vote we just get right to that, because, wow, okay, this guy's not in the FBI, right? No, not at all. Like, he is for sure, not only is he not the FBI, he might be wanted by the FBI. That's how suspicious this character is. Yeah, my guess is, I mean, clearly he isn't working for Hiram, because no. if he was working for Hiram to, like, test Archie's loyalty, as soon as Archie was, like, willing to make a deal, there would be problems. Absolutely. But I think that he's probably working for either somebody who Hiram screwed over, or for a competing crime syndicate. Could it be the St. Clairs? That's possible. Ooh. Yeah, that's that's not a bad thought. I mean, I kind of feel like the implication is that the St. Clairs don't actually have connections to organized crime, because I feel like he would have touched off a war by doing what he did at the beginning of the season if that were the case. <laughs> but who knows? It's possible that I'm reading that wrong. Everything about... Oh, this this guy. It it's such a we like I love this episode, but that is such a weird storyline to go down and makes Archie look like dumb Archie, which <laughs> we've been. Which the, I feel like the season has done a good job from dumb Archie, but then just having Archie like a guy in yeah. a suit flashes what may or may not be a badge at him, and Archie's like he's in the FBI to bring down a crime syndicate. Come and, on, dude. Yeah. Speaking of uh, dumb Archie, did any either of you think of the Jimmy Fallon skit when Archie picked up his guitar again? 
<laughs> I did. Like, I, I, it was very, that was strange to me. It was almost as like the writers remembered, like, oh, remember in season one when Archie's, when music was his life? Let's just toy yeah, with that I, for a few minutes. I kind of love the fact that Fred literally just goes, I haven't seen that in a while. And then <laughs> when Archie's like, I was thinking about maybe going and jamming with some friends, he's like, why not use the garage that I remodeled for you? Yeah, remember <laughs> So I don't have to hear it in there. Remember that major plot point when you were a sophomore in high school and you were like, I'm going to give up everything and go play guitar, Dad. I think and he's like, still a sophomore in high school, isn't he? Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Have they not gone up a year? No, because think about it. The the oh, cliffhanger God. over the summer was overnight. Yeah, and it was winter. Oh, my God. It was snowing. I think this is literally like the Christmas that we just experienced was like the Christmas after Jason Blossom died. Yeah. Wow. The blo- kudos to the Blossom family on getting past that pretty quickly. Yeah. Because they uh, moved on to some weird shit. Yeah. That's very much... I mean, and here's the thing. I don't know what the hell's going on with them. And I kind of love it, and I kind of don't. I think yeah. Cheryl's mom just likes being a lady of the night. I mean, maybe it's that. Maybe it's just that she likes to terrorize Cheryl, but like the power plays between them seem to run like totally bipolar. There's never any power struggle. There's always one person who has all the power and the other person is just sitting there looking morose. And it's like, wait, that's not how like power struggles happen. Not only is it not how power struggles happen, I feel like it's not to the best of our knowledge based on what we know so far. It's not how the blossom family happens. Yeah. Like, granted, they're always going to be sort of angling to be the most powerful person in their family. <laughs> but beyond that, so much of the first season was Cheryl terrorizing everyone. Like, and yeah. you got to see that, that Queen Bee sort of wreak havoc over the school. And that, mm-hmm. that sort of made up so much of what that character was. And now she's incredibly vulnerable which is great, except she's incredibly vulnerable all the time. Although at the school in this episode, she seemed to exhibit that with her and Reggie kind of talking, you know, showing that they're better than the Southsiders. Yeah. I have a whole, I have a whole other weird thing with that. All of that. What school closed in the middle of the school year? At the literally at the drop of that. By the way, we're closing the school tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> you have a new schedule starting tomorrow. And we've appointed Veronica Lodge to be the welcoming committee. Yeah, wasn't that Betty's job? I seriously thought so. Betty's kind of wrapped up in being nuts and like having a brother and who's nuts? All sorts of other weird. Who's definitely nuts. And emaciated. That dude needs to hang out with Jughead and eat a hamburger now. And the whole thing with Polly is kind of weird, too. It's like, oh, yeah, by the way, I had the twins. Uh, I'm oh, at the farm. I'm not coming back. See ya. I actually, I actually want to discuss something with you guys, because did I miss something in the first season where it turned out that the farm was a cult? No, you did not. It literally, this is, as far as I can tell, the first we've heard of it. From what I understood, I thought they were just go. I thought she was just going to like live with a couple who owned a farm that she'd worked out a deal with, and now it turns out it's this weird culty commune thing. 
And I'm watching yeah. as I'm watching the episode. I I was watching it on my laptop, and I didn't want to like minimize the video to go searching the internet. So I just thought, oh, maybe there's a detail I missed, or maybe that was like an aside in a previous episode that I just didn't notice. But that has never brought up before. Like, yeah, no. As far as I know, this is the first that we're hearing of it. And I kind of don't... It's a weird thing. Like, I kind of like the idea in terms of it gives you another thing to play with. And obviously, they weren't planning on using Polly all that much. So, like, it gives you a quasi-credible reason to have her go away and not come back until there's something interesting for her to do. Right. And while she's feeling like... Yeah. But at the same time, I'm just oh, like, yeah. it, it, like, there's it's it's one of those weird situations, and it's kind of like the the Thea thing. Who? I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's it's one of those situations where I'm like, I know why you're doing this, and it's a clever workaround. But at the same time, I know why you're doing this. It's so obvious, and it just it's distracting. Um, you, I, I was less into how cl- clever it may or may not be. I was just like, this is such a cheap way out of the pregnancy storyline, which was such right, and a that's kind big of- thing in season one. It's it's the twins, and they're blossoms, but they're also Coopers, and it it was such a strange uh, angle to take that story. And it just felt like, well, we don't have access to the actress. I don't know. Make her join a cult. We'll deal with it next season. Although, once again, circling back around to our our mangled timeline, the fact that she's been pregnant for the entire life of the series indicates that, yeah, this is definitely not a year later. This is like this Christmas is the Christmas after, uh, after the 4th of July murder. Well, wait a minute. I wonder she already would have been pregnant by July. Yeah, do we know how pregnant she was when Jason died? They ever made it that explicit? Because I don't think they knew what they wanted to do with it. She would have had to have been like I, I'm. I'm doing like really terrible math in my head, and she would have had to have been roughly three months pregnant when he died. I think for it to, for it to make sense. I guess. Even, I mean, even certainly by like, the time we caught up with her at the end of last season, she was showing in a way that was at least like late second trimester. Yeah. And so timeline-wise, the it, it's unbelievable the amount of stuff that has happened in the off-season. Um, but in all other ways, it kind of makes sense that this would be I have a question regarding the whole chick storyline. I mean, obviously, Betty is trying to fill the hole of the void of Polly for her mother, but is it possible this Charles guy is lying about being chick? I mean, I kind of feel like the answer is no, simply because uh, the way that they announced the casting was that they announced him as chick and not as, like... Not as Charles like Smith. <laughs> Charles Smith, who's going to be you know the yeah an, an update of Chick Cooper or blah, blah blah. I don't know. I mean, obviously they could have been lying to cover a plot point, but it, I don't know for whatever reason. To me, it feels like it's less likely that he's faking it. 
Uh, <clears throat> but I, I do I, kind of feel. Go ahead. I do kind of feel like there's a decent chance that he faked the assault on him. Uh, yeah. In in order to somehow manipulate the situation to his benefit. Yeah, I um, agree. I I definitely think he's chick. Uh, to min- to fake the assault, he would have to know that he was coming. I guess. Here's here's my thing about it. Like his his weird thing about how he makes fantasies come true or whatever. And I think we're supposed to assume he's a drug dealer. Oh, that's that. That was not my assumption. But at all. yeah, that was my assumption not either. That, that's just what I thought. Like that's what I thought they were angling for because of the the, the way that he looks and the way that he's living and blah blah. I blah. have. I have not seen the next episode yet, but I assumed he was a man whore. Yeah, I'm for sure. In, I'm, I'm assuming he is a male prostitute. I'm assuming it's something more than that because he's got that camera on a tripod in the corner of the room. Oh, maybe, maybe he's doing sex male... times on the internet. Yeah, male prostitute porn star. Um, which it's if he was like doing if he was doing it on the internet, it, especially if it was interactive, like if that's a webcam kind of thing. Oh, it might make sense. It might make sense that somebody's coming, gunning for him because, like, if it was if he was interacting with some dude's wife or whatever. If it was one of those, like, you took all of my money for a private show and now I want it back, sort of deals. Um, but yeah, ch- chicks into some dark, dark things. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, I don't trust him. I don't trust most of that family. I mean, clearly the the writers and the producers are aware of the various fan theories and stuff, and I think that they are going to take advantage of the fact that Chick has been ever like since the moment he was introduced as a concept. There's been at least one theory that he's like the Black Hood, or that he's involved with Jason Blossom's killing, or blah 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 blah. And so, to me, I kind of feel like. Whatever he's into, we're only going to find it out after we've had like three red herrings because mm-hmm. I think that the writers know that everybody's watching this dude and they're going to enjoy kind of playing out some suspicions. It's Jughead's brother. It's going to be super weird if Polly comes home from cult camp and sees <laughs> them and is like, Chick, what are you doing in my house? Like, That'd be that's kinda what cool. I want to see. Well, she does like to sleep with her relatives. Craig. That's true too. Craig, she's a mother. <laughs> and how do you think she became a mother? I, I want to say, uh, even though I know they're still going to be more buried and that they're probably lying to uh, Veronica, I, I, I kind of want to, it's like, thank God that they made clear what the hell is going on with the lodges. Because I kind of feel like if they were going to play for another six episodes, the something's going on, we're up to mischief, and nobody knows what, it was going to drive me crazy. Yes. So on board for knowing at least a general idea of what Hiram is up to and being able to follow whether it is or is not succeeding. And whether or not Archie's going to tell the fake FBI guy about it. He finds out. I can't get over the fake after that. <laughs> I, I still it, can't. And we were talking. Oh, sorry. But we were talking about this before we recorded. I still don't know how Archie got to New York just to torment <laughs> Nick St. Clair 
and then got back home, especially when his family's having money issues, and Fred's all like, yeah, I gave him part of the company, and, you know, I'm going to get it back eventually. Fred, oh, my you God, know, this is where Archie gets his dumb from. Fred is so well, stupid. I wonder, though, whether that was dumb or whether that was a matter <clears throat> of... Because, I mean, think about how it went with Pops. And and the Lodge is making it clear that Pop was not allowed to tell anybody. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Fred was essentially told, you know, this is what we're going to do to make it right on the money side. And if you have any problems with that, then we can just take your company. Uh, but well, if you don't have any problems with that, you cannot talk to Archie about this shit because it ends here. Or maybe... Fred should have just kept his mouth shut because Archie made this deal behind his back and Fred had no idea what was going on. And when he found it, he's like, well, clearly I have to go talk to them. Like, no, you don't. Yeah. I, I kind of had that same thought. Yeah. It's like, you really don't have to go talk to the crazy criminal who may or may not have tried to have you shot. Who also, probably paid, definitely paid your medical bills under duress. <laughs> okay, random question just crossed my mind when you said the probably got him shot. Is it possible that Chick was the guy who was calling Betty? I mean, I guess it's. I mean, anything is possible in terms of the the other red the black at this point or black hood, but I really don't think so. Okay, I, I, I mean, it's 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 theoretically possible, but there would be a whole lot of hoops that you have to jump through to explain how it makes sense. Exactly. Okay. For me, it would be very much the sort of thing where it's like, yes, it he could be, but wow, what an insane coincidence that after all this, Betty's like, oh, I think I should find my brother, and then it yeah. turns out to be the guy. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'll go with Riverdale to some really strange places, but come on. No, I, I'm. That's pretty much my entire my exact uh, my exact thought on it. And again, I mean. Could it be done if it's done well? Sure, because we talked about how we didn't think and we didn't want and we blah, 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 the the uh, incest angle and, and the idea that Jason was a Cooper. And then when they eventually did it, the way that they worked for us, and so it wasn't like it wasn't a deal breaker. So, I mean, it's theoretically plausible, but I just, I don't, see a real easy way for them to do that and not have it seem really lazy. Plus, I mean, we all know how effed up the Cooper family is, and they're doomed. But do we have (laughs) a smile more on? Um, Another thing, I'm going to call it now, so, you know, when it happens later in the season, I'll say, you know, episode 23, uh, Kevin and Fangs Fogarty. Yeah, I think that's being telegraphed a little bit. Yeah. It's kind of like Alex and Samantha on uh, Supergirl. You know it's going to happen. I mean, mean, either they are building to that or they are going to do a thing where Fang's has some problem with Kevin specifically and he's using his, like... He's using the fact that Kevin is into dudes to get close to him so that he can try to make a move. But I don't think that's going to be it. 
but yeah, they definitely like there was way too much like meaningful weighty dialogue in the 30 seconds that they shared on screen together for it not to play out somehow. I will yeah. say kudos to the serpents for being the most LGBTQ friendly uh, outlaw Free motorcycle gang. gang yeah. in the universe. Yeah, absolutely. Like this shit wouldn't fly in the Sons of Anarchy, which is a bummer. Well, we don't know that Fangs Fogarty is. But well, Joaquin no, but they, had, they had Joaquin last year. I believe they I believe they've alluded to the fact that Tony Topaz is bisexual, yes? Yes. Said it outright. Yeah, so, but yeah. And, well, and here's the thing. When it was just when it was just FP and Joaquin that the serpents didn't as a unit know that Joaquin was gay and or that he was messing around with the sheriff's son. Right. But now that you have this statement from Fangs, yeah. it's, it's indicative that the rank and file knew what was going on and were cool with it. Yeah, absolutely. At least the younger generation, because I see a severe uh, generation gap in Mustang uh, not being down for, for that shit. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 so it's almost like two completely different clubs. Also completely random, but I like seeing Tony Topaz yeah. at Riverdale High. She's added a little bit to it. I liked seeing her there. I mean, I I I'm not I'm not all that upset about the loss of Southside High. Uh, it just I was random. The, <laughs> no, it, it definitely was random, but I do think that the um, I, I think that this produces a more realistic school. Like, yeah. by and large, Riverdale was very kind of homogenous. And even though you did have, like, the popular kids and the less popular kids, there wasn't really a whole lot of... I say diversity, and it's not even diversity in terms of racial and, and all that kind of thing, although that was true, too. But, like, there wasn't a lot of differences between the groups of people. And so I, I like the fact that the chemistry of Riverdale High gets kind of thrown up in the air by this. Yeah. I also wonder if this is more a practicality thing where they lost that set and then decided to make it a story point. Because yeah. like, like we were saying at the end of last year, my understanding is that the Canadian government is using that property to rebuild a functional mental hospital again. Right. Um. Yeah. yeah One thing... It is oh, important to note that uh, the Southside High, while Riverdale <clears throat> High was built on a set, Southside High was not built on a set. It was right. very much a big federal building, sort of in yeah. the middle of nowhere in Vancouver. Talked about that last year, that it's like this building you've seen in like Arrow and Psych and all kinds of stuff, because it's like when you need a creepy building, it was literally a condemned mental hospital. And it, and it served as actually two locations on Riverdale. It was Southside High and it was... Uh, Quiet Mercy. That's yeah. what it was, yeah. Yeah. Um, I also, just completely random, but I liked the scene where Reggie confronted Jughead because it reminded me of, like, episode three or two of season one. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the fact that they did that yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Squad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think the fact that it happened in that same room, it had to be kind of an intentional callback. Um, and and we got to see Reggie number two shirtless. True. I'm the only one that cared, but yeah, you yeah. know. Well, I'll tell you <laughs> what I like. 
I'll tell you what I liked specifically about that scene is uh, <clears throat> it was the callback to season one, but it showed how much everything had changed because last year Jughead was the loner who didn't really have anybody at his back, and now he had an entire crew at his back. Yeah, and you know, the funny thing is that we criticized this early in the season because he, he, they did it so abruptly. But now that it's been like half a season of him and the serpents, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a lot less kind of put off by how abruptly that all happened and much more like, you go, Jughead. You have friends now. It does feel like he sort of found his place in the world, which I appreciate. They did lean into it super heavy, super early. And for me, there's still times where it feels like, all right, Jughead, calm down with this, a serpent until the day we die stuff. You've been doing this for two months. But Yeah, it was going a bit far this week, I felt. Like, it's like, so Jughead is now the badass serpent who will wear his jacket because he doesn't want to shed his skin. Yeah, bro, a serpent never yeah. sheds its skin. Clearly. But like, but I also see how in a character like Jughead, who's constantly searching for belonging and like people to accept him as he is, mm-hmm. I can see why he would be so enamored with that lifestyle once on the inside of it. True. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. And like I said, I it, it strikes me that early on we were all kind of like. What is kind of going on with this dude? And now that we're, you know, seven episodes in, ten episodes in, I'm like, okay, I buy it. Like, they, they, they still are leaning super hard into it. But at this point, I, I'm like, I believe it. Yeah. I would, I would agree. Uh... Well, we should probably talk about how Archie responded when he found out that Nick assaulted Veronica also. Uh, it it was a weird episode. First of all, let me just say, I kind of forgot or didn't know that Veronica didn't tell Archie, like that, or that somebody didn't tell Archie, that Archie didn't know. I feel like that was definitely established in the episode, and I just forgot it by, by now. But when he was like, what?! I was like, oh, wait, yeah, he didn't know that? Oh. Yeah, I think... <laughs> I didn't remember specifically, but when he flipped out, I was like, no, yeah, I understand why they wouldn't tell him. He overreacts to things. He goes all the New York. Very irresponsible. And At like, the time, he had a vigilante group going. Yeah. What, what, if, what if, like, she had told him, he'd been like, all right, red circle gang. Yeah. Let's get this guy. Yeah. Although I will say he pummeled the hell out of him, which was yeah, which was hugely satisfying because I still hate Nick St. Clair and kind of feel like he didn't get enough beat down. But at the same time, you think of, you think of the legal ramifications. Where it's like I don't think I don't yeah. think I don't think rapist extraordinaire Nick St. Clair is going to come back. To look for that, look for legal damage. Probably uh, no. I, I mean, I think unless there's permanent damage done, you're sitting here going. First of all, he probably thinks that Hiram either explicitly <clears throat> or implicitly told Archie this was a cool thing to do, and so 
my guess is he would be just as scared of retaliating to Archie as he was of retaliating to Hiram uh, after the, the previous accident. Right. But what mm-hmm. I will say is that uh, as satisfying as it was, it felt not very Archie. I was like, I don't see Archie's the kid who would do this. Jughead these days, yeah, lad. Here's the thing, too, is that, like, previous times when we've seen Archie do stuff like that, it was when he was under, like, a huge amount of stress. And this episode, it was basically like, hey, your girlfriend's a bitch, and then he didn't, he just wails on him. Um, <clears throat> I kind of wonder whether... And if this is the case, it would totally make sense and be a reasonable response, but it was not properly connected. But this episode was full of Archie and Veronica's like past, like all the moments when they've chosen not to tell the other one information that they needed to know. All those things came home to roost this week. I kissed Betty. Huh? I kissed Betty. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the kiss, the uh, the thing about Nick St. Clair, and it, and the uh, um, the fact that she had his dad's medical bills paid, like all of these little things, it almost kind of felt like I could see them building up this head of steam over the fact that he feels like everything is or not quite right in that relationship and that really having a profound effect on him didn't connect can, those I, events I really see that. yeah I mean and if that's what the writers were going for it's possible that like a longer cut of the script might have connected those events in a coherent way and explained why Archie was so on edge yeah wasn't in the episode and I'm really just kind of giving it a logical reason you know and part of the reason I'm giving it a logical reason is because one of my one of my early notes in this episode was I'm so glad that Archie didn't make it a thing that she had his dad's medical bills paid. Yeah. As the episode kind of progressed, each of them had things that they decided to make a capital T thing out of because Archie obviously went way overboard uh, on the fact that he hadn't been looped in on the Nick St. Clair situation. And Veronica clearly was not nearly as okay as she made it out to be about the kiss. Uh, and I, I think that, that that's not the last time we're going to hear about that. Oh, God, no, because she hasn't talked to Betty about it yet. And, and, and say again? That the, the whole, the kiss thing was such a weird moment uh, before break because it. I, the weird thing is, I get Archie's reasoning. Forty minutes later, I was being buried alive by a serial killer. Yeah, that's true. Hundred percent. Yeah, and and even before that, it is one of those. I mean, there is the thing of like characters on this show are a bunch of beautiful teenagers who are under huge amounts of stress. And at a certain point, true. I understand that line. Yeah, you know, when when you're a beautiful person looking at another pure, beautiful person, and you're like, "Hey, we might be dead in a half an hour," and I've always been emotionally attached to you, it's not out of the realm of plausibility to have something physical happen. 
did that today. There, there you go. Yeah. Listen, man, life and death is life and death. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I and plus, I mean, <clears throat> just by virtue of the fact that it's a CW show and they're all contractually required to kiss each other at some point. That's also true. Jughead and Veronica are definitely going to bang it out before the season is over. Uh, or not the season, before the series is over, I give you my word. Uh-oh. Yeah, I was going to say the season. I'm gonna I don't know about that. The series, I, I, I'll... <clears throat> not the season. Definitely the series. Yeah. That I I would not be shocked by be shocked by that at all. I think there's like an eighty percent chance that you're right on that. Like it's just, it's a it's a CW show about like like teenagers dealing with sex and death. That's it. That's the, that's the show. So like it would only make sense that like I don't think any of these core four will ever die. No. Unless a contract negotiation goes really, really badly. No, they'll promote that somebody will die, but then they'll just, like, paralyze them. Yeah. yeah. They'll actually be, like, their twin. Ha-ha. <laughs> ha <laughs> you see... Oh, snap! There's actually a twin! I didn't even think about that before I said it! Oh, my gosh. What's funny is that Craig, is that Craig and I were making an Archie Comics joke, and you were making a CW joke. <laughs> oh, I thought Craig was also making a Felicity joke. No, for once. Oh, they did that in Archie Comics. Yeah, recently. I know. I, I knew they did that in Archie Comics, but my mind immediately went to Arrow because yeah. we've been talking about how awful how the CW has a formula, which Archie used for Betty. Uh, I if we could go back to Chick for a second. Yeah, absolutely. How Hal's response to everything remotely Chick is so insanely negative that like I feel like there's something going on with him that the rest of the people don't know about well like, I mean my Betty thought is brings, when Betty merely brings up like I know we're ha- first of all Betty like I know you're having a hard time with losing a child so look I found another child <laughs> as if that would just soothe the poly wound away yeah, it's it's literally like the way that a seven year old would think of replacing their dead cat. Absolutely, like it was such bizarre reasoning. But I was like, whatever, go you do you, Betty. But then, like, Hal freaked out, and I understand why Hal wouldn't want to meet the child. I understand like he's moved beyond that point in his life. It's a piece of his past that he doesn't want to hold on to. It's FP's I kid. Mean, that, that's what I was going to say. There's zero <laughs> chance it's not FP's kid. Really? That's, that's, oh, my God. Are you for real? I, I absolutely... Do you really get, I hadn't even thought of that. For Chris oh my God. To, to finish his list so that I wasn't going to jump in like you did, Craig, but I, I 100% agree with you. You guys are blowing my mind. <laughs> nice. Like, I'm seriously taken back. I hadn't thought about that. And that would explain why Hal doesn't like him, because it's not his kid. He's such a fuck about it, too, that that makes perfect sense. Damn. And and obviously, like, we've seen a whole bunch of, like, social media photos that are very FP and Alice heavy, and, and that's something that, like, Skeet has been... T 
teasing on his Instagram. And I think it's easy enough to just be like, well, you know, who wouldn't want to hang out with Machen all the time? So clearly there's nothing I there. Would. But like I you could also hide hide the fact that there's something there behind the fact that basically it's Machen and everybody would want to would want to hang out with her. So I would. You you know. So but yeah, that's my thought. I really think I really, really think that's going to be the the reasoning behind that. So now, okay, then go on this journey with me for a second. If Chick Cooper is the son of Alice Cooper and F.P. Jones, that would make him a half-brother of Betty and a half-brother of Jughead. Yes. Does that make it weird if Betty and Jughead get back together? I don't think so. No. No, I don't think – I mean – there's a lot of – I mean, honestly, we joke about it, but I never really thought it was that weird that Polly and Jason stayed together after the revelation because it was kind of the, like, A, you're distant enough, which in this case there would be no blood relation at all between Betty and Jughead. So right. you're definitely distant enough. But then also the fact that, like, I, I do kind of feel like in these situations, unless it's like a first cousin, that if your romance is established before you're aware of these connections – then you kind of like you get you get at least from me you get the pass to be like okay, well, it's not as skeevy as Tommy Merlin talking about how hot his sister is. All right, listen, I know I'm going back to Arrow. We we successfully moved away from Arrow. Well, I just we haven't even talked about Smallville yet, which thank God. But <laughs> oh, I almost brought it up when you're talking about the mental asylum. Doesn't surprise me one bit. Smallville. I, I genuinely thought that when you said the thing about the twin, I thought you were making a Jimmy Olsen joke. So, <laughs> oh, I boy. Thought, I thought you brought oh, up Small so much. Chick Cooper. Okay. <laughs> Chick so Cooper needs to get back together, but Cheryl will, will for sure mock them for it. Assuming it becomes public knowledge, which I think it will because it's Riverdale, but yeah. Yeah. Uh. A lot. Chris is still processing. <laughs> like the 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 FP Jones thing really blew my hair back because that of course that's what it is. I how had I not thought of that before? We that's talked about it on the show like back when the revelation came out that he made her give a baby up, but at the time we kind of dismissed it because there was more important shit going on. I but I did we talk about the, the possibility that it could be FPs? Yeah. I have zero recollection of this, but you might not have been on that week. I mean, I feel like it would have been those episodes. I feel like it would have been like episode eleven of last year or something. But back, it might have been the one where I was in Europe. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. So you like recorded your notes separate from us? From yeah, from my Scottish hotel room. I was thinking about that the other day. That was nice. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But yeah, FP. I can see it. I would dig it. Like, that would be a fun little twist. Although, you know what this tells me? The crazy in the Cooper family 100% comes from Alice. Yeah. That makes Hal the normal one. (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know about that. Well, I mean, the funny thing about Hal is that other than being short-tempered and kind of a dick, he's not... Like, I, I can't think of him being, like, straight-up crazy. 
in the way that most of the characters have been. Didn't he hide? Didn't he steal murder files last season? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. He's a he's a weird bad guy. <laughs> or, well, those Cooper I, women, those Cooper women like weird. I, they like weirdos. Well, that's true. That's true. I think that it's. I think that we are going to see them again. And again, this comes from the fact that at this point we've had so many theories about Hal being like the bad guy. Yeah. I think that either he's going to be the other black hood or they're going to keep doing this for a while where he gets played off as not a bad guy and he'll eventually either straighten out and be genuinely not a bad guy or they'll wait a while and, and make it like, I think that it's now or like five seasons from now when he snaps and is a straight up bad guy. And then it's revealed that he actually did everything for every year. Exactly. All the no, things he thought every single time. Awesome. Everything that we thought Sheriff Keller did. I never thought <laughs> he did anything, Craig. Sheriff Killer, I mean. <sighs> His I think that he is the uh, he's he's prior to, to New Hot Reggie, I feel like he's the the last Shirtless scene in this in this season, so that's kind of weird. <laughs> well, I think the most shirtlessness we've gotten this season, though, was Archie's random threat video. <laughs> oh God! With oh a bunch God. of shirtless dudes yeah. wearing masks. Not about that. I wonder if that's the same website that Chick works for. Too soon. Hosts huh. the videos. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that, I'm assuming there will be shirtlessness next week as well. Given that in the photos, it looks like it's wrestling. It's like, oh, because it's called the wrestler, and yeah. it looks like yeah, Archie, right. Archie's forsaking football to give to take up wrestling. I guess. Apparently, Hiram used to be like an all-state wrestler, and so the the somebody, I guess the mayor, probably I don't know. Somebody asked him to come and like coach the team, and so Archie, according to the episode synopsis, does it to get closer to Hiram. Mad. Huh? But also, football season might be over. Because it's like January now. Yeah. I secretly hope he's terrible at it. Kind of like his, his music? No, just... no, he's an amazing musician who's maybe the best musician of all time who's never heard of Bob Dylan. <laughs> I think he... I think it won't matter whether he sucks at it or not because my, my from based on those set photos... I think that the entire point of it is going to be so that he can get manhandled by Hiram and whether or not he can like beat other dudes on the intramural team and then never go to a meet is probably not as relevant as whatever happens between him and Hiram. Can I explain to you my dream scene in this next episode that probably won't happen? Go for it. So remember last season when Archie's like, I'm a serious musician, songwriter, man. And people are like, cool, what's your favorite album by like these guys? And what do you think about these guys? He's like, I don't know who any of these people are. What I want from the wrestling episode is for Hiram to do that. But like, what do you think about Stone Cold Steve Austin? What's your favorite Mick Foley and, and The Rock match? And he'll just be like, I don't know what any of this stuff is, man. That's it. So uh, one <laughs> thing that... Shout out 90s wrestling. That's all I need. Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah. Yeah. Eddie's disease. 
So and Archie just starts crying. <laughs> what did I do? Yeah. Now, uh, one thing we alluded to, speaking of uh, Archie's music earlier, is I mentioned the Jimmy Fallon Peanuts Riverdale skit. I don't know. Did you guys see it? I am aware that it exists. I haven't seen it. I did it's see very- it. And it, it, it doesn't end with the actual Riverdale kids looking into the auditorium and being like, what are they doing? Yes, and then they have a gag where Archie's like, hey, I've got some new music. Do you want to hear it? And everyone's like, oh, no. Yeah, like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was pretty clever, though. I mean... Very Everybody who I know who has seen it tells me that I need to watch it. It's just one of those things that I keep forgetting exists. You mean Comic Book hasn't written like 30 articles about it? That's oh, they how... probably did. But Easter I was... eggs in the Peanuts oh, Riverdale video. That's how I feel about the David S. Pumpkin sketch. I've never seen it. Yeah, and that's kind of... I, I don't think that I've watched... Like, I watch so little late-night television, guys. I occasionally watch Conan, just because I like Conan. Not Is Conan, is Conan still on? Yeah, it's yeah. on TBS. Mm, good for him. I have a bit of a... Uh, I don't even know that I would call it Riverdale News, but I, I uh, spoke to... See, I spoke very briefly with CW President Mark Pedowitz uh, mm-hmm. on CW Day specifically to ask him about Sabrina and the possibility of a Riverdale crossover. And based on what he said, uh, they're completely focused on getting Sabrina off the ground on Netflix and not thinking about crossovers at all. But maybe some there oh there there might be a possibility sometime in the future, but they want to establish Sabrina as its own entity on Netflix before they even uh, start thinking about it, which makes sense. I mean, first of all, it's the approach that they're taking with Black Lightning, and yes. and second of all, it's even more makes sense because it's two different things. It's two different it's two different networks, like straight things. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it makes sense. It broke my heart a little bit when I said it, but like he had a, it sounded like he had a little bit of hope in his voice that like mm-hmm. it could still come to pass eventually. I think it's going to take a lot of jumping through hoops, though, because in the case, the thing about Supergirl, when Supergirl was on CBS and made the jump to, and, you know, did the thing with Barry Allen and the Flash, mm-hmm. it made sense because it put the Flash on one of the big three for an episode. But also, CBS owns a stake in the CW. Right. And also... Uh, also CBS like, and Warner Brothers do not own a stake in Netflix. No. Also, you have the whole thing about the excuse for them not crossing over Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Avengers or, you know, the Defenders or anything like that is those things all stream, like, one whole season at a time. You don't know where it will fall in the continuity of the other show if you did a crossover. I mean, I think that for sure, if there were to be a crossover, it would probably be uh, Sabrina coming to Riverdale because for exactly that reason, there's a lot more flexibility. It could happen between seasons of Sabrina or something. Right, exactly. And I think that would be the Afterlife episode. That's the thing. I know if that's also be Sabrina comes and it's positioned as a a one-off afterlife sort of what-if story as opposed to something yeah, that exactly. actually takes place in a timeline where a week later they have to be like, hey, remember last week when Jughead was a werewolf? That was weird. Exactly. I think if if anything, this makes it more kind of firmly likely 
that when if she shows up, it's Treehouse of Horror style thing where it's not really canonical and maybe at some point somebody will make an offhand reference to Sabrina and everybody will be like, ho, 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 hey, that was clever. But I, I don't, more than, more than ever, I kind of get the impression that I, I genuinely think that they will eventually cross over in some way, but I also genuinely think continuity for Riverdale. I think it will be logistics, not continuity, that is the holdup, because I think that the idea here would be that the continuity would be fairly minimal. And I think the, the I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't happen. Like, that mm-hmm. wouldn't shock me at all if they just didn't find a way to make it work. I know they're both Warner Brothers, and they're both Roberto, and, like, clearly... Uh, it was originally meant to, it was originally developed to be a CW show. And for one reason or another, the CW was like, no, we're not into it. I think it's Warner Brothers realized they could get more money out of doing it with Netflix and a stronger deal of two seasons. I mean, that, that's, well, entirely, yeah. I, I, yeah, you're, that makes a lot of sense. I think that's what I read. Uh, what I had read from somebody at, I think, THR, that the whole idea was developing it this way means they didn't have to share money with uh, CBS. Yeah. And that because Netflix was willing to offer them two years, it gave everybody plausible deniability because the, C- the CW's position is literally just Netflix offered them two years to start. We weren't going to do that. Yeah. Which I get. It's just as a fan, it's such a bummer. I know yeah. a Riverdale Sabrina night would have been amazing. Like the f- and but just the fact that like we have a river an Archie comic show and a Sabrina the Teenage Witch show from the same studio from the same producers and director and director and they're not going to overlap. Yeah, that's a bummer. I I wonder yeah. if we might have some like background crossovers. Like for example. Like Nana Blossom randomly showing up in Sabrina. Again, that wouldn't surprise me. I, I, my, my gut instinct is that this is going to be very much like the Supergirl thing, where they're not going to promise anything, but they're going to try to make it happen. Uh, I will say, as much as like we we kind of leapt from it, the the whole thing with the FBI guy. Yeah. As much as like, okay, this is dumb Archie again, and clearly he's up to something, and this is almost certainly not an FBI agent. I think that whatever's going on there is definitely kind of a cooler idea than what I thought we were getting into when they did the like spy cam thing at the end of the last episode. Because this looks like it's going to be fun. I forgot that that was in the end of the last episode. Yeah. Yeah, I remember he was kissing under the mistletoe on the porch and like the last shot was like somebody taking photos. Yeah, That's, and I think we all thought that was like another black hood or something. The FBI guy is the one taking the photos. Yeah. That just goes to further show that he's definitely not the FBI because why would he be taking these weird ass photos of teenagers making out? Yeah. I don't care what he's trying to do. I totally agree. As weird as it is that an FBI is taking photos of teenagers knocking, like making out, having the FBI, that is, that is a much more interesting way to take the story than like 
immediately jumping back into the black hood, which we didn't really, they didn't really deal with at all this episode. And it was, it was a nice reprieve from that particular bit of terror. The fact that Archie turns to the guy and says, by the way, I don't think we got the right black hood <laughs> and I'm going to need your help. Finding it. That was so um, like, cause they didn't show his reasoning. Like he, they didn't show his thinking behind that at all. It was just like, Archie's doing all this stuff <laughs> to help like ferret out evil in the lodge household. He's like, Oh, by the way, that guy that tried to kill us. I don't think he was working alone. All right. I'm off to do more stuff for you, Mr. FBI. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, though. I can buy it because Archie was the one who was so sure about the eyes. And so I could totally see it gnawing at Archie that, like, the guy who he saw shoot his dad is not the dude they buried. Yeah. It didn't show you how he got there. I think it's fairly easy to guess how he got there. Uh I, I, but I, I liked the fact that they didn't jump right back into the Black Hood thing, but that they did kind of acknowledge it, so it's still ostensibly there. Right, because, like, in theory, this was last week. Exactly. I also think, like, just, you know, kind of thinking out loud, there's a decent chance that we find out this FBI dude is the Black Hood. Just what because... Like? Pardon? What do his eyes look like? His eyes do not look like that at all. So I don't like that. Is it possible he's wearing contacts? And the dude is also way too thin to be the black hood as, as previously depicted. The only reason I say there's a good chance is because his lack of response to the idea that, Oh, I think we killed the wrong random dude. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm just like, I feel like most people would respond to that in some way. Like, oh, by the way, the serial killer that was chasing me, I don't think we got him. Like, wouldn't you say, that's super weird, kid? No, <laughs> like, he's in the FBI. He's super composed all the time. <clears throat> but, yeah, so, I again, like, the whole FBI thing is super weird, and I'm interested to see where it's going. But I like the fact that it's super weird, and I'm interested to see where it's going, because I feel like our previous ideas about what that was going to be we're all kind of basically it's the lodges, it's the black hood, it's all the usual suspects. Right. Please well, it, it also like I mean joke. they're dealing with sort of a serious thing and that like it's like he they're investigating how awful the lodges might be. Slash mm-hmm. definitely, definitely are. Um but like there's an innate silliness to it that it's like a strange FBI agent that no one's ever mm-hmm. heard of. And, like, a dumb kid, like, running around trying to solve this crime. I like the fact that they've been really, really consistent about giving most of these characters, like, these one-off characters, identities from the comics. The fact that this guy doesn't have one, like, as far as I could tell, like, just rifling through the Archie wiki, there's no, like, Mr. Adams that I can go, ha-ha, clearly it's this dude. Which, to me, almost kind of screams, okay, so what's his real name? Yeah, because even if even if it was going to be a fake character, 
Adams is way too normal of a name for this world. That's true too. Like it would be like flip also. I mean, the fact that he doesn't have a first name, like we literally get, you know, from the blah blah blah. I'm just like, wait, what? What Adams? Like special agent Adams? Uh, you know, um, that's that's not a name. And so I don't know. For whatever reason, the fact that we don't that he like flips the badge out and then puts it back away, and it's like we never actually get the like look at his name. Hmm. Well, and and beyond that, like Archie, I I hate I hate harping on Archie being dumb, <laughs> but like if let's be honest, if you were walking home and a dude came up and flashed a badge in your face, was like, "I'm with the FBI and I need your help," wouldn't you have a few questions? I feel like I would. He signs on super quick. As if he was just waiting for the day when the FBI would show up and be like, Archie, we need you. Well, I mean, he does have an element of Andy Andrews who's in the FBI. There you go. Comics. Well, I, I also kind of feel like there's like... <laughs> Ignore me. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, I, I just did... I'm trying to finish the thought, that's all. Okay. Uh, my, my thing is... I do think that, like, as silly as it is, there is also the element of this world very much seems to have a, <clears throat> no, really, guys, these kids, because they, like, solved a murder on their school newspaper, are now fully equipped to, like, the forces of darkness for the rest of time. Like, nobody seems to question the the idea that Archie and Betty are gonna get like by a serial killer to like I don't know I kind of feel like the, the the fact that the universe revolves around them is just accepted and so I can kind of see why after like the Jason Blossom thing and then the Black Hood thing in rapid succession Archie would just be like sure FBI yeah why not <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, the FBI showing up isn't the most unrealistic thing to happen <laughs> on this show. But, like, they've been through... Actually, the fact that the FBI hasn't shown up before now is kind of the least realistic thing to happen on the show. Yeah, does the Especially FBI... considering all the drug stuff. And all the teachers sleeping with the students stuff. Yeah. But yeah, you're yeah. It is strange that the FBI waited until now. Like I said, it's it's one of those weird, wacky things where I agree with you that like Archie is dumb for not immediately going, This is not right. But the other side of it is that like everything that's happened in the last year has completely revolved around him and his friends, and it's all been bonkers. So I can like, kind of see like where his head is people like, have been murdered. Yeah, but somehow it's about always about Archie, his girlfriend, and their two buddies. Everything. So, yeah, so, in, our, in, in my head, I can kind of be like, okay, you know what? I I, I see it. <laughs> like, like if, if, if I was Archie, I'd be like, well, yeah. Who else would they go to? I am the law. 
So yeah, all right. I I'll I'll give Archie a pass on that. <laughs> He's just super secret agent Archie Andrews is <laughs> something. It's something, all right. Uh, and and again, like I, you're you are also one hundred percent right that, like, dumb Archie is back with a vengeance because he didn't ask any questions. I have a, I have a question for you. Maybe right. it was explained, and I wasn't paying the right amount of attention. But why was he wearing Jason's blazer? I oh, bro, I don't know. I feel like it was to gain entrance to the private school. Okay. I mean, it looked like a dorm. I'm pretty sure he could have just walked in. I was thinking maybe the same thing. I was like, I don't... I mean, maybe it's just how Archie thinks the city works. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, it's New York. You have to wear a blazer. They don't let you in. You can't cross the bridge. <laughs> or maybe he just wanted to get Nick St. Clair's blood on a Jason's blazer instead of his own. I don't know. Oh, so he can. Oh my God! So he can tie up to Cheryl and blackmail her. Ooh. But like, honestly, my the, my my legitimate <laughs> thought about how this all worked was like, Archie's like, well, I have to wear. I like by law, I'm required to wear a jacket, and I, if I wear my varsity jacket, they're gonna know something's up. Yeah. So I know. I'll like. I uh, clearly I don't own any other piece of clothing, so I will borrow some of uh, Cheryl's brother's clothes. For some reason, I don't understand. They kept the clothes after he died. They survived the fire. Oh yeah! Didn't the house burn down? Where these Where this jacket come from? Not the whole house, because I mean, I Nana mean, Blossom didn't burn. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Nana Blossom didn't burn, and she always oh, she's like fire. That's her mutant superpower. Did you guys not know she's one of the original X Men? Well, she is a redhead. That's right. That's that. That's gonna be my head cannon from now on because that I just I enjoy that. Yeah, she recruited Xavier. I know it sounds crazy. The X Men timeline is such a mess that, that fits. I agree. Especially in the movie. Yeah. So are we... But yeah, I, I don't know what the, the Blazer thing was about either. Although I, I kind of, again, like, having spoken to them a bunch of times last season and talking about how, like, every episode comes in ten pages long, sometimes stuff like that happens, and I'm like, as long as it doesn't hurt my enjoyment of the episode, I'm just going to go ahead and assume that it would have made more sense in a longer cut. Yeah. There <clears> must have <throat> been something cut out that, like, referenced it. That's kind of what I figure. Like I, I was a hundred percent like, what could Jason's jacket possibly provide? Because if there was anything that was specific to Jason, then clearly the fact that Jason is dead, it's like not if he had a student ID or something, it wouldn't be active. Um, so yeah, it was that. That was a wacky like, and especially the fact that it was such a like they could have cut the line. Of like they could have easily cut that line of of mm-hmm. also I need one of Jason's jackets and just had him like show up dressed like that and it would have been basically the same amount of weird. No, honestly, I think it would have been less weird because I wouldn't have noticed. Yeah, I I feel I like that, I feel, at all. I, I I'm gonna be honest. I feel like we would all be sitting here going, "Why was he in a suit?" Um, 
Well, because he he paid for a flight at the last minute. Maybe he had to fly first class. He definitely didn't fly. I'm kidding. No, I don't. Not only did he not fly, he couldn't have afforded a taxi cab from JFK. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I kind of assumed that he drove the truck in, which doesn't really gel with Fred basically being accounted for every moment in this episode. But... Also, that's a lot of gas money, and where are you going to park that shitty pickup truck in Manhattan? The Pathmark in Chinatown. Oh. <laughs> R.I.P. Pathmark. <laughs> oh, does it not exist anymore? Apparently, they just closed the remaining stores. No. The more you know. Yeah. When I lived in, when I lived in, in Chinatown, there was a Pathmark down there, and... It was right where they used to shoot. Like, there was a playground in the area and a school and shit. So it's where they used to shoot, like, episodes of Law and Order and all those those shows. And so people were forever, like, catering trucks and stuff were forever filling up the supermarket parking lot because it was, like, the one place in town where you could park for more than an hour that, huh. A, was not on camera, and, B, didn't cost you anything. Apparently, the, apparently now, though, it's going to be something else, and presumably there will be, there will be no parking. Yeah. Not at all. Sad <clears throat> That's in the Riverdale universe. There will be plenty of parking for all of your shitty pickup trucks. <laughs> I mean, theoretically, I mean, the, I was going to say, theoretically, the FBI could have flown him out there, but again, it's not really the FBI in all likelihood, and so I kind of <laughs> feel like, what are the odds that the FBI helped him to get to New York to pull off whatever scheme? Also, how did this dude know that he assaulted somebody? Like, did they follow um, Archie and take pictures of him while he was doing that? Can you imagine Agent Fake Name trying to sell to his boss? Like, all right, here's the thing. I got to fly this kid to New York. Wait, what kid? Oh, I enlisted this 16-year-old. <laughs> hey, hey, hey it, worked for, it worked for Tony Stark. Yeah, but this isn't Iron Man. This is Archie Comics. Oh. Like, I enlisted this 16-year-old musician slash football player who's not particularly good at either. And, <laughs> and I'm having him infiltrate this crime syndicate through his girlfriend, who I'm convinced only kind of sort of likes it most of the time. <laughs> now i got to fly to New York to meet up with her ex-boyfriend who tried to rape two women. What? Huh. You're fired. Yeah, I... I I'm looking forward to fig- just figuring out the deal with the FBI guy. I really hope he isn't tied to the Black Hood because it'll be so much more interesting if there's some totally batshit explanation for whatever he's doing. He's Grundy's I, ex. I secretly hope he's definitely in the FBI. That I mean, I, I don't know how it would make any sense in the long term because of all the things that we've already talked about. But, but it would be the most exciting answer most unexpected answer because I feel like there's just no way this is real and so (laughs) we officially have gotten to the point where the biggest way they can surprise us on this show is just to do exactly what they're presenting on the tin yeah they've got us bobbing and weaving so much they could come straight down the middle and we wouldn't even notice it exactly but uh, alright any final thoughts uh, really, I feel like the only thing we haven't talked about is Chick's weird staring at Betty while she sleeps moment. Uh, yeah, that was super weird. 
I don't know and, what it means other than maybe he wants to like like kill her Skinner and cook her. Like he looks like the scariest of psychopaths. Yeah, yeah, it's but uh, really... it's such an unsettling moment to end on, which kind of goes hand in hand with the unsettling moment the I believe the finale ended on of like Betty being convinced that she was the Black Hood, which I'm still not clear on. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, here's the other thing. I kind of, I kind of don't know what they're. I, I, I kind of feel like the writers don't know what they want to do with Chick yet. No, like the I, fact that I, pretty I much, understand why they wanted to introduce him, but I don't think they've sort. Of, I like, I'm sure, like by now in terms of what they're writing now and shooting now, sure. But this early in his introduction, I think they're trying to figure out exactly what that character is going to be. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's. Because you get that thing where it's like, if nothing else, the thing that, that really sells me on they don't know at this point what they want to do with them is the fact that every time anything happens, Jughead in the narration says, hey guys, this is bad. And if you listen to the narration as like he's creepily stalking his sister while she sleeps, mm-hmm. Jughead says something along the lines of, oh, and that might also be bad. It's like he's very – he's not definitive at all about whether Chuck – or whether Chick is bad news. And to me, I'm kind of like, that's telling because he – out as like the worst thing ever long before the story does anything to justify how bad the thing is. Right. And so I kind of feel like when, when the, the like omniscient Jughead narrator says, eh, that might be bad. I'm like, yeah, the, the writers literally don't know if it's bad or not. <laughs> well, because Jughead always speaks in absolutes. Like, his narration right. is always absolutes. So when he's wavering, that tells me that everything is wavering. Which I guess kind of stands to reason right now, because his relationship with Betty is up in the air. Uh, I think that, by the way, I do think that there's going to be a lot of people super disappointed that not more was done with that this week. Uh, I was kind of disappointed, if I'm being honest, because it left on a weirdly hopeful note at the end of the mid-season finale with them exchanging gifts and, like, like I believe they touched on the typewriter thing. Yeah. <clears throat> that was it. Yeah, no, it, it was a weird, like, and again, I can't decide if they're just haven't committed to how they want to handle this yet or what. Um, it, it's, it strikes me as really odd that they put weighty emphasis on a bunch of stuff in the finale. And then this episode essentially goes back to more or less, Hey, we're broken up and neither of us is super happy about it. Status quo from like three episodes ago. Yeah. And unsatisfying. It's just kind of confusing. And I'm, Again, like I know that the bughead people are going to be like, get on with it, and and I'm kind of in their corner this time because I'm like, what what's going on here? Uh, <laughs> um, I am too, if only because like like in addition to it being unsatisfying, it seems unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Like the extent of like what the young serpents are up to is like, oh yeah, man, we're gonna like wear our jackets to school. I don't understand yeah. why I need to keep Betty away from that. Like, 
Jughead is clearly trying to at least steer his generation of servants away from like the shitty lifestyle that the servants can lead. I love the fact that it seems like the young serpents are just now all in with Jughead's philosophy. They're just like, nah, dude, we're in a better school now. Let's just act like upstanding citizens. And Jughead's like, no, we need to be yeah. delinquents. And it's like, yeah. wait, weren't you making the opposite argument when you were at Southside? I feel like you just want to be out of the group. Which I guess, you know, maybe I just touched upon it accidentally. This is just uh, Jughead's, like, um, antisocial tendencies coming out. Yeah, yeah. He, just, he's, he needs to be raging against some kind of machine at all times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe that means that once he figures out about the FBI, he'll be able to rage against that machine instead or something. I also love I that Weatherby went to the real FBI. Yeah. I was going to say, I love that Weatherby would approve a club that includes the word serpents. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, okay. You do you, Weatherby. Yeah. That, that yeah. was a little wild. <laughs> Actually, a, a, good, a good question for, for just speculation. Uh, okay, so strip everything else away from it. Ignore the fact that like we as the audience have seen agent fake name and nobody else has. And, and yes, Chris, I'm stealing that and I'm going to use it now. I'm into Uh, it. By all means. Ignoring all of that. When Archie tells somebody, whether it's Betty or Jughead, what's going on. And their immediate response is you're fucking crazy. That's clearly not the FBI. I feel like in most shows, it would be that person speaking to Archie and not Archie who seems paranoid. Which is kind of crazy. Like, What if I, I feel like fake name isn't real? Maybe he's like Mr. Robot. Spoiler. Oh my god, this is Archie's like other personality? Yes. His I name am is Robert the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, it, dude, if Riverdale turns out to be a point break thing. Yeah. Where it's actually an FBI agent posing as like a dude, bro. Uh, <laughs> oh, say all this, I actually kind of go back to Craig's point, and I'm just like, what if it's Archie's brother? Archie cousin. is a brother? Cousin. In the comics, Archie, or cousin, yeah. Andy In the Andrews. comics, Archie's cousin from the FBI oh. that Craig was talking about. <laughs> I, I don't mean, know if the issue was ever actually published. I've seen the artwork, but I don't know if they ever actually published it. Oh, okay. It was like a, it was more realistically drawn. It was in the nineteen fifties when FBI stories and crime stuff was really big, right before the Comics Code. <sighs> Excuse me. I mean, Jughead has an identical cousin, Soupet, in the comics. Yeah really done anything with that. Yeah, and I mean, Dylan Sprouse could do it. I don't want them to bring Dylan Sprouse onto the show. That's too gimmicky for me. Well, we still need to record the sweet spot. Yeah, we do. Oh, damn it, Craig. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that tomorrow if I see you. Yeah. After we see Mr. McFeely. Right. Which um, oh. nobody listening to this podcast knows who Mr. McFeely is, but that's okay. It's not gross, we promise. Yeah. Um, can, before before we uh, 
call it a day. Uh, can I touch on one thing I found, not from the episode, but something I saw on lo- that was posted online about something that's evidently going to be coming up? Go for it. Uh, actor who played Grundy's second... Uh, I kid. I guess victim is the right word? Mm-hmm. He posted himself on... He posted from the set on Instagram the other day. And, and it just said, guess who's back? That's not surprising to me, actually, because the last time I spoke to Roberto, I, for some reason I asked about that kid. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, I think there's a very good chance you're going to see him come back. Can we just fucking be done with the Grundy storyline? I'm guessing But isn't he in Greendale? Could he be Harvey? I think it's. No, I think be... his name's Ben. Oh, I, I think the black I think they named him. Like, they, they, well, they here's if we're going to be talking about the internet, didn't Marisol or somebody tweet? I know, right? Didn't Marisol or somebody like tweet a photo of like the episode thirteen cover page and say, "We finally find out about the black hood here." It's very possible. I don't remember specifically but i mean they they have at this point acknowledged that the black hood stuff is carrying over yeah and i think that probably what you're going to see is that when ben shows back up it's going to be because it's going to be because they're going to him for something something black hood you know and then ben becomes the new hangman huh well you know everybody's got to have a hobby right but yeah, no, I, I I'm not super surprised by that because I feel like, and I can't even remember when I had this conversation with with the. Uh, maybe I'm totally misremembering, and I like saw an interview with him and just thought I asked him because I know I was going to. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I remember talking to Roberto or seeing a video of Roberto where he kind of cagely said, "Yeah, I think we're going to see him again at some point." And me thinking, like, what? what's the point of the, Okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I don't... But, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to be... I, I think the Grundy of it all, obviously, it, like they'll have to mention it, but I think that it's really not going to be about Grundy as much as it's going to be about the fact that, like, something, something, the Black Hood. Right, right. All right. But yeah, that's... that's, that's just, that came to mind, and I, was, I remember seeing those, that, that pop up online. I was like, can't we be done with it? <laughs> it's interesting, yeah, it may, that's for sure. Because like I, I, uh, yeah, I do hope we see Zombie Grundy in the yeah. Afterlife episode. Don't think and we, Zombie Original Grundy too. That might be more likely. That would be fun. Um, the, <laughs> the impression I got from, and I think we've talked about this before again, but the impression I got from some interview that I saw with with Roberto Sarah Hable? Hable, yeah, Sarah Hable had gotten, like, death threats and everything else wow. because, of course, she did. and That sucks. Jesus. And that, like, because when, when she came back for the, se- for the season premiere, I remember reading an interview where he was, he was, like, very thankful that she came back for the season premiere. And he's like, it was really nice of her to do this and blah, 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 blah. Obviously, like, the experience in the first season was really stressful for her. And I'm just like, oh, really? This is a thing? I almost want, I mean again if you want if you want to make a list of potential candidates for who could be messing with Archie 
maybe that dude is like working with Penny Peabody and other serpents. Yeah. We've seen that she surveils people. She clearly knows Jughead and, and Archie's relationship. Like I, as I'm saying this, I'm sitting here talking myself into it and going, "Oh my god, that's depressing." <laughs> Stop it! I don't want it. But yeah, yeah, I'm done now. All right. Um, but uh, yeah. So, any final thoughts? Which I think this is the third time we've I, said that. But we I think we've said our final thoughts. Yeah, I liked it. It was a great episode. Um, I like that they yeah, took a little bit of a reprieve from the Black Hood, at least for a week. That's enough. Yeah, think I about think it it's going to be a few weeks. And now I, we I, know I, I, that Chick is creepy. Which I think everybody was pretty much expecting anyway, because he's a Cooper. But yeah. good to have confirmation. He also seems yeah. to have a bit of an accent that nobody else in the family has. Which makes sense, because he didn't grow up with them. Yeah, but like he lives in the same general area. True, but I mean, listen to Reggie's voice. It sounded like he's from New York. Yeah, yeah. Oh, if it is New York, yeah. Yeah, maybe New York is closer than we always kind of assumed it was. Yeah, it just it, his, his, it almost felt like he had just the tiniest bit of a southern twang in his voice to me. Maybe uh, Reggie is the one that told Archie that you needed a blazer to go to New York. <laughs> that seems like something Reggie would do. Just to fuck. <laughs> totally, at least comics, Reggie. Yeah, uh, uh, but yeah, uh, I like the episode. Some weird stuff happened. The F, like, as silly as the FBI thing is, that might be my favorite thing that happened. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Like I said, I, it, it's it's weird, and I think it's going to be one of those strange stories that takes like six weeks to pay off, and then you're like, "What the hell just happened?" But I kind of love the fact that at the end of last, at the end of the the mid season finale when they were introducing kind of the per- the person surveilling and Veronica I think the two things that everybody thought was either it's the Black Hood or it's Hiram right. and then essentially showing immediately in this episode it's neither there's another player you haven't considered yet immediately kind of revitalizes elements of that storyline to me because I'm like oh that's cool there's something that like I hadn't totally considered at this point right so yeah, good effort all around, everybody. Woo-hoo. High five. All right, where can everybody find you guys on the internet? Uh, I, I'll start. Uh, I'm at Chris Hayner on Twitter and Instagram. That is C-H-R-I-S-H-A-Y-N-E-R. And I am uh, at It's Chris Hayner on Facebook. And if you're feeling frisky, go to at Waterworld Photos on uh, Instagram. Lots of good stuff happening there. And you can find, I don't know, throw a rock and you'll hit something I've written somewhere. Just look on the internet. I write on the internet. That sums it up. So, Chris, did you tell Kevin Costner about Waterworld Photos? Stop it. (laughs) Anyway, uh, yeah, we were in the same room as Kevin Costner, and he did not bring up Waterworld Photos, which is very sad. I'm a professional. I apologize that none of you are. Well, perhaps Kevin Costner has been to Waterworld Photos and thinks it's amazing. I'm assuming he's one of my 300-ish followers. Okay, then. Well, you can find me at ksitetv.com, and you can find everything else that I write from my main Twitter handle, which is at ksitetv, and my Riverdale posts are at RiverdaleTV on Twitter, if you want to find those. A lot of names. I know. 
And they all start with K. Except for at Riverdale TV. That's true. I mean, or Green Arrow TV. Yeah. Or Flash TV News. Names. This is true. Craig Byrne, Superman.net slash Craig Byrne. <laughs> Pretty much. Dot org. Dot com. So you can find me on Twitter at Russ Burlingame, R-U-S-S-B-U-R-L-I-N-G-A-M-E underscore podcast, which is the Emerald City Video Podcast, where myself and people who used to work with me at a video store talk about movies. Earlier today, we released our 50th episode of the Emerald City Video Podcast, where we talked about the Black Lightning Violet. Uh, you can follow both me and Emerald City on Facebook and Instagram by going to Russ Burlingame on Facebook or Russ.Burlingame on Instagram and Emerald City <laughs> Video or ECV underscore podcast on the other things. So thank you everybody for listening. Oh, and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever the Apple yeah. Music, whatever it's called this week. That's what I was that's what I was slowly building towards and I Oh sorry. Brain, that's all right. My brain <laughs> it's it's two fifteen in the morning here. I'm starting to die. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, like, rate, review us on iTunes, share us okay. on your social media networks and uh, and talk about us on your podcast machine of choice because that is how we grow. And if uh, us, if you have questions, like send us tweets or via the Facebook. I don't have access to either Facebook. one of those things, but I'm sure someone does. Oh, I thought you guys yeah. did. Anyway, uh, I will make sure you guys are set up with access to those things. Uh, yeah. fine. Also, <laughs> ArchieDigestPodcast at gmail.com is an email address that exists, and I check it about once every two weeks. So there you go. That's a thing. If you want to reach out to us, either do it on Facebook, do it on Twitter, or do it ArchieDigestPodcast at gmail.com. Send us your random FBI photos. Yeah, that's true. Oh, man, that's a good idea. We should should try to set something up with a hashtag, like FBI, Archie Archie on the FBI or something, and send us your best. Agent fake name. Agent fake name. There you go. That could be our T-shirt for this season. I would seriously consider buying an agent fake name coffee cup. I, I, will, I will get working on that. Okay. Awesome. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, Thanks everybody. everybody. And Good we'll stuff. be back next week with episode or with chapter 24, The Wrestler. Everything's no, they got married back at Crisis on Earth X. But... Oh, that reunion. I was like, I haven't seen this week. so something He's making here. a Flowers in the Attic reference. Yes, yes. And now we're going to lose like 10 listeners. Wait, there was a Flowers in the Attic reference on, on Crisis? Uh, flowers in the Attic is about siblings no. who have sex with no, each other. Yes, yes, Craig. I know what Flowers in yes. the Attic is. Uh, oh, is this uh, Barry and Iris or siblings? Yes, yes, thank you. Yes. I'm sorry.